On this episode of the GESC podcast, I sit down with Robert Starko, Catherine Hartdeku, and Gail Curtis Snyder. But before we get to that, let's talk about the history of the heiress and when it wasn't even the heiress at all. Ready, Kingsley? <laughs> Actors to your places, podcast listeners to your earbuds. Join us as we make our great escape. The heiress takes place in 1850s New York. Catherine is a plain, shy, socially awkward young woman, the only child of a wealthy and successful but emotionally cold physician. Suddenly, a handsome, charming man named Morris Townsend appears and begins to court Catherine. But does he really care for Catherine, or is he only interested in her money? The heiress has been on quite a journey, and I don't just mean the title character of the play that we're talking about today, I mean the story itself. Now, for those of you who are big literature people, and I'm so thrilled that this episode and the last one got to talk about literature, it's kind of my thing. Uh, for those of you who are deep into literature, you may be familiar with the work of American novelist and writer Henry James. Now, Henry James was an American novelist and writer, and the inspiration for the play, The Heiress, came from an 1881 novel called Washington Square. Now, I'd like to read a little selection for you from the Britannica entry on Henry James about this era of his career. Quote, James's reputation was founded on his versatile studies of the American girl. In a series of witty tales, he pictures the self-made young woman, the bold and brash American innocent who insists upon American standards in European society. Uh, and this leads, of course, to the publication of The Portrait of a Lady in 1881. Uh, for many, this is considered to be his greatest piece or one of his greatest pieces. And this is the same year that he will release Washington Square, which will be this uh, serve as the inspiration for the heiress. Now, for those of you who are patrons of ours and you've come to The Great Escape and you feel like the name Henry James has come up somewhere before in our distant past... That's because it has. Uh, Henry James wrote The Turn of the Screws, published in 1898, and we, of course, did an adaptation of The Turn of the Screws. So this is not our first uh, outing with Henry James, and I certainly hope it won't be our last. Now, this was just the first step in the evolution of The Heiress after being published in 1881. It was then adapted into a play in 1947. So this was, again, kind of loosely based on the novel Washington Square. There have been some changes to it. Quick side note, the authors who adapted Washington Square into the play The Heiress in 1947 also went on to adapt several other pieces of literature into stage plays, including The Immoralist in 1954, which was an adaptation of the novel by Andre Gaudet, and The Hidden River in 1957, an adaptation of a novel by Storm Jameson. So following the adaptation in 1947, two years later in 1949, there is a film adaptation released, directed by William Wyler, uh, starring Olivia de Havilland, as well as Montgomery Clift. So we've come a long way from 1881. Here we are in 2023. So let's get to our interview with the cast of The Heiress. And watch out for some light spoilers when I ask Bob the last question. Thank you so much for joining us. Would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, uh, my name is Bob Starko, and um, I am playing Dr. Sloper. And I am Catherine Hart-Deku, but everyone calls me Kate, and I am Catherine Sloper. 
Coming your way, Gail. Hello, I'm Gail <laughs> Curtis Snyder, and I'm playing Mrs. Penniman. Wonderful. So we know that all of you have been with The Great Escape before in the past. Can you tell us about some of your past work with our theater? Well, I have only been in one show <laughs> before. But what a here. show. But what a show, indeed. Oh. Tony was also in that show with me. Uh, <laughs> But uh, it was Bach at Leipzig, and so uh, I'm, I'm very excited to be back for um, a second go-round, and uh, this, is, uh, this is quite an interesting show. I'm, I'm hoping everybody will come and see it. So. Um, a few years ago in 2018, I was in The Weir, which was a really fun site-specific little thing. Um, and uh, where was it? The, the 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 pub at Oak Hill is that what it's that called? Right. Yeah, over at Oak Hill there. Yeah, and then um, in the summer of '21, Gail and I were actually in this day and age one of the outdoor productions uh, next to Jones Pool, <laughs> and uh, that was uh, that was fun. And then um, <clears throat> I uh, I'm also a, a director, and uh, Randy and I have talked about me potentially directing for Great Escape. We just haven't been able to uh, make the get the get the calendar line up just yet. <clears throat> And Gail? Well, I did my first show here, I think it's been about seven years, when I played Arlene in Next Fall with you, Tony. That's right. <laughs> and then um, after that, I've done Over the River, Through the Woods, um, Mothers and Sons, mm, This Day and Age with Kate, and this one. So that's five shows I've done at Great Escape. Fantastic. Oh, it's Steel, Steel Magnolias, my last show I did here. I played Weezer. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. <laughs> so uh, with The Heiress, we have a historical drama, and I'm curious as to how you approach working with historical dramas, historical plays, as opposed to pieces that are perhaps more modern, or is there no difference in your craft and your style? Well, yeah, there has to be, I think, a great deal of difference. The play is set in 1850, um, and so we're at kind of the beginning of the Victorian period, and they have a very different mindset than we do today, and so you have to do your homework as an actor. Um, you know, you find out what the uh, time period is like and what their social mores were and how they acted and... Um, the way they dress makes a big difference, uh, getting used to, you know, wearing vests and using pocket watches and all that sort of thing. So uh, there's a lot of work that goes into... The women have it much more difficult than we do because they have corsets and big skirts, and they'll tell you about that. But. Uh, yes, you know, I've done a lot of Shakespeare. Um, that's actually another show that I, I did here as a tour of uh, Fifty Shades of Shakespeare in 2018. So I have a lot of training and experience with elevated language already because of my experience with Shakespeare. And, you know, this isn't verse, but it is slightly elevated. I wouldn't say that it's archaic, but there's some interesting syntax and, you know, just um, these are people who are uh, who consider themselves well-bred, well-educated. They have a um, they have a, a, a I don't know. How would you describe it, Bob? Like a. Not codified, but you know, there is a uh, a prescribed way of behavior and a yeah. prescribed way of speaking to people. 
Yeah, you know? there's, there's, um, there's, a, there's, there's definitely a protocol. protocol. That's the word I was looking for. There's a protocol <laughs> where even if you very much dislike the person that you're talking to right now, um, it is still your responsibility as a host to offer them sherry. Um, or, you know, even if you're really, really angry with someone, um, perhaps the, the, the worst thing that you could say to them is you are unkind. <laughs> uh, so, um, and, and it is interesting, like Bob said, with the, the corset and the, the hoop skirts, is that there is constriction, um, constriction and confinement, both literal and figurative in the world that these women live in. Um, you know, just little things like um, what women were and were not allowed to do, that um, a woman had to marry well. She could not work outside the home if she wanted to be considered well-bred and from a good family. Um, if she had hobbies, they had to be ladylike hobbies, like embroidery or playing the piano or painting watercolors or something like that. And, um, you know, even a woman as wealthy as the script tells us Catherine is and will be is still living in a gilded cage, so to speak. Well, you just saw three people helping me get into a dress. <laughs> now I know why the people on Downton Abbey have dressers. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. This is my first show with corsets and hoops. Probably my last show with corsets and hoops. <laughs> no, it's really fun. It's, it's a fun experience. But you learn a lot. <laughs> and as Gail has reminded us, I am interviewing the cast as they are getting into costume. So I'll get to our last question to save us all some time here. Uh, what do you hope audiences get out of this show? Oh, there's a good question. Um, I have to think about that for a second. The, uh, I, I think getting a, a, an appreciation of the time period and the restrictions that uh, that time period uh, gives people is an important thing. Um, I will tell you, it is not a very uplifting show in the end, uh, <laughs> being the villain who, uh, who winds up dying, but... Uh, spoiler. Well, spoiler alert. There right, we go. I'll put a warning on it. So okay. okay. <laughs> but... Um, but, you know, there's not necessarily a very satisfying resolution to the play, um, which I think is another indication of uh, what we can learn about that time period and how it, especially women, how women were particularly restricted. Um, so, there you go. Um, I hope that it inspires our audiences to maybe check out some of the period melodramas that this play is definitely patterned after. You know, this play was written in the 40s, but um, it was inspired by a novel and very much patterned after, like, the melodramas of the mid-19th century. So, um, melodrama is a genre in itself. So, sometimes it might seem a little, like, stiff or stilted or affected or like we are posing or why are they continuing to fuss with sherry glasses but like <laughs> that's just like that's way that's the way that the text is written and and you know finding a great um tension and conflict in something that seems like it could so easily be talked out. It seems like with, with, with what we would like to think of as contemporary communication that we would hopefully be able to work these things out. But in eighteen fifty no, but <laughs> there is there is no working it out. It's 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 either it's either you know uh, dad's way or disinheritance. <laughs> They've said it all pretty much. I just um, I don't. They're hard really... to follow, Gail. They really yeah, are. they really are. <laughs> <laughs> just it's it'll be a great night of theater. It's it always is here at Great Escape. Bring your tissues. <laughs> <laughs>
Right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you all so much for being generous with your time. I appreciate you joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. It was lovely getting a chance to catch up to these actors. And again, it was so kind of them to let me interview them while they were getting ready for uh, a dress rehearsal. So uh, fantastic people through and through. If you would like to come out and see our production of The Heiress, it runs July 27th through August 6th. And that's, again, Thursday through Sunday, both weekends, 7 o'clock shows, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and of course, 3 o'clock on Sundays. So we hope to see you in the audience for The Heiress. As always, I want to close out with some thank yous. Thank you to Kyle Booth, who does our music. Thank you so much, Kyle. Uh, thanks to all those of you who have had a chance to visit us on Facebook. Give us a like and a share while you're there, of course. Check out our website, greatescapestagecompany.com. And thanks to those of you who have left reviews for us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're also available on SoundCloud as well. I hope to see you all in the audience for this one. It's going to be a fantastic production. I'm Antonio Barroso, your host. Thank you so much for joining us.